It's the Tillcast episode 363, looking like the Star Wars kid. You betcha. And this week, guys, we talk into the breach, Subnautica, and more Beat Saber. Beat Saber. Stay tuned. Truffle Shuffle. Asshole. Yep. Yep. It just happened. What the fuck? <laughs> it's the Tillcast. It is Tillcast. Oh, it is shit. Friday, January 11th. It is. We were just discussing when we we're going to do Game of the Year, which will be soon. Soon. After everybody has done their Game of the Year, Tillcast does their Game of the Year. And it is guaranteed to be different than everybody else's Game exactly. of the Year. Exactly. Almost always guaranteed. Because, um, yeah, we, we play many we, different games. <laughs> we really do. Yeah, it was, uh, just to explain what the show is real quick, because I almost always forget this, and I want to keep doing this. Okay. If you're new to the show, we are going to spend a few minutes talking about some bullshit, and then we are going to jump into video games. So. Bullshit. And every once in a while, you'll get a lot of off-color commentary, because we're three irreverent bastards mm-hmm. true pretty much um it is an m-rated show so you're gonna hear a lot of fuck mm, fuck socks on the door <laughs> yeah socks on the door jeez here we go and we're starting a little bit late for socks on the door and yeah let, let's face it on the drive over here though seriously i didn't know if i was going to get here when i wanted to because i seem to get behind it Every 30 mile an hour, soggy, wet grandma on the road. I know. Fucking ass. Like, Man, you know, there's. I'm a pretty, pretty stable, very mellow person. Mm-hmm. Man, the amount of fucks that come out of my mouth when I'm on the road. Like, I was on my way here, and I needed to be here in a hurry. Right. And I was driving fast in the rain, which is not necessarily smart. No, but. But. but understandable. I had, I had plans. Right. Um. I told you guys to be late, right? and I had a truck, and this street by my house has a 50-mile-an-hour speed limit for two miles, and this is a two miles of racetrack to my house. Right. Um, this motherfucker was going 25 and 30. Oh, my God. I, I was just sitting there just shouting, fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck. <laughs> I just couldn't help myself. I was just like, what <laughs> is this guy doing? So, on the like, way. Elmer, pull the fuck over. <laughs> I was on the way here, and I was musing about different things that I could add to my car that would get people to move faster. And I I had a, I've, I've got a migraine right now. So, my mind works differently on migraines. It, it just does. Uh, so... My biggest, uh, my my biggest idea was Rich, Rich Uncle Rusty turns into Freddy Rusty real quick <laughs> on a migraine. My 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 biggest and weirdest idea was a big LED screen on uh, on the front of my car that just has the words "move ass," <laughs> because that's my thing. I, when somebody is fucking going slow, I am screaming at the fucking windshield, move ass, bitch. Well, I just, I, I'm hoping that the lights in my rear view from the other impatient person behind me sees my hands keep throwing up in the air in emphatic disgust at your choice of speed. Fuck you, you asshole. It's, it's like a raindrop and people fucking go like, 
30 miles an hour below the speed this limit. This guy was literally going 25 miles under. He was going half the speed limit. Mm-hmm. I was like, motherfucker, there is nobody on the road that looks like you have new tires. I do not. I should be driving 25. You should not. You have brand new tires. Nope. Move the fuck out of the way. Move ass. I'm that asshole that eventually started getting so close to grandma's bumper that they were afraid I'd actually push them off the road. Fuck it. I'm not going to ever do that. And I'm never... I, I've I've watched some crazy road rage vehicles or uh, videos, and I never aspire to be one of those assholes, right? Right. If, if, I, but I, do not, I will however, shout at my dashboard a lot. I do not. However, there are times where I do wish that the freeway ran by NASCAR rules... And Are you if, mean like the left lane is the actual pass lane? And and if a motherfucker is not doing the speed limit or cuts you off, you are fully within your right to get up under him and spin turn him. him and put him in the fucking wall. All right. All right. You fucking sadistic bastard. That's that's a little I, bit much, I think. I would. No. No. no it, it, ha, have you met the drivers in this state? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're horrible. And, and, uh the drivers hey, in this gonna, state is not any different. I'm going to say something, and this is from prior experience of living there, but being in Dallas, Texas is the worst. Mm. Uh, the music's great. The food's great. The nightlife is great. The driving is a fucking nightmare. Mm. Even being there recently, I just pulled over into a gas station and told my buddy, other Jason, you're taking over. This is frustrating the fuck out of me because it is 80 miles an hour bumper to bumper. It, it is. is. Everybody moves fast. Everybody, everybody moves fast within inches of each other. And you're is. always, like, so fucking tense that you're going to die. It Boston is. is the same way, except that there's only short strips of street where you can go that fast. Everybody's tires are peeling out, like, every time you go to the fucking tunnels. Like, every time you're going under the fucking tunnels, I feel like everybody goes from 25 to 95, and then all slams on their brakes at once in all eight lanes of traffic or 12 lanes or whatever the fuck you're on. And it, it is fucking terrifying. Me and Holly went there a few years back, um, trying to rent a car. Mm-hmm. That lasted. Re- that was really short. We turned in the fucking rental car. We said Uber the rest of the way. I can't. I can't take the stress. I'm right. gonna get in a wreck. There's no way. See, and and that's where you and you and I do differ a little bit. I thrive in Dallas. <laughs> you give you give me two inches on either bumper. And I will get in that hole. <laughs> <laughs> really, then? That That is all he, I he need. T- <laughs> I almost spit on the mic. <laughs> he, he was... That is all I need. Jason only needs two inches yeah. <laughs> on either yeah. side. You had a little bit of uh, energy drink coming out your nose there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, whoa. Oh, <laughs> That bumper-to-bumper 80-mile-an-hour traffic (laughs) is perfect for me. I fucking hate it. I fucking thrive in that. Now, where Dallas frustrates the hell out of me is if you hit either rush hour, Monday through Friday, or at 11 p.m., and you get stuck in the same three-mile stretch of road, for an hour. Stop traffic is... It, yeah, no. God. And this is going to sound... I purposely picked to drive into Dallas 
before 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Or after 9 a.m. No, oh, yeah. Or no. if it's in the, or if it's in the evening, I'm skipping the entire fucking afternoon and I'm going to fucking 8 p.m. <laughs> I'm the same way. Um, St. Louis and Chicago are not the, you know, oh, are, are just as bad. Yeah. Uh, so whenever I make a plan to drive up north, I, I plan around their rush hours and try to get through, um, Illinois as much as I as fast as no. I possibly can so that I miss the second rush no, hour. I will say this: the worst city traffic I've ever been in is the times I've gone to Houston because it's not everybody's speeding congested. No, it is everybody's going fifteen to twenty miles an hour under the speed limit, and it is just packed like sardines. It literally can take you two hours to go 15 miles from your house or hotel to the nearest fucking store Mm-mm. at nope. the right wrong times in Houston. Yep. yep. Fuck that. Screw it. Uber Fuck Eats it. is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That is true. And, and as much as I love visiting Boston, I wouldn't want it to drive in Boston. I would yeah. have to Uber everywhere. Yeah. Not even kidding. I'd be fine with it. You you just need travel with me. I'll drive yeah, we'll, anywhere. We'll go to Peck sometime soon. I'll drive anywhere. God, that would be nice. I'll drive anywhere. But oh boy. just expect that I'm going to scare the absolute ever-loving shit out of you. Okay. Your pants will be brown. No. But I will hang with the locals. Mm. Nope. I'll just fall asleep. <laughs> Rusty's actually confident enough in my driving skills to fall asleep. I mean, the man didn't even choke on his hot dog when my truck got turned around by some crazy chick. Yeah. I mean, I had to finish that fucking hot dog. I was kind of pissed that the I mean, second he, hot dog fell down my he only, he only needs two inches and then he makes you choke. No, he doesn't make me choke. Yeah. Uh, on hot dogs. Not two inch hot dogs. God, why are we going with this? Uh, <laughs> he was trying to take it dark places. It didn't work yeah, for him. I know because there's only two inches and it couldn't get in a dark place. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. I don't know where to go from there. Well, there's plenty Small of places. Peter. Small Peter. <laughs> Small Peter. Um. Yeah, so fucking, like, but what? I could say I've played a small game last week. Yeah? What did you play? Small. I played Into the Breach, like, all week. It's a waste choice. Because I only had, like, an hour a day, so. Oh, it's know. perfect for an hour a day. Yeah. You know, you can save and quit anywhere you want to. Yeah. It's pretty awesome for that, too. Yeah, it is. Though, I gotta say, uh, at first... Figuring out exactly how to plan out your attacks was a little challenging. Yeah, except that it kind of, you just have to think like three moves ahead. Yeah. It's it's basically robot chess. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. You definitely have to be aware of exactly where your attacks are going to put enemies at. Uh, It's a lot about positioning. You can sacrifice yourself to save a building, but... You probably should do that before you just destroy something, unless you can destroy it one turn. Yeah. 
and you got to think about where things can shoot and where they'll what they're going to attack next yeah. and what kind of obstructions you can throw in their way. Yeah. The the main frustrating part this week was every time I get a good fucking upgrade, the next island or two, I get decimated. Have you beat a map yet? Oh yeah. I mean, like the full game. Yeah. Have you? So what? Have, what uh, squadrons have you unlocked? Um, none because I was playing on easy. Get used to the game. I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. You'll unlock more very soon. It's fine to play it on easy. Yeah. It's not an easy game by nature. Mm-hmm. It's a unique game. I easy. highly recommend. I highly recommend Into the Breach. Yeah. I figured. I figured the the reason that I got Jason that for Christmas is I figured it would run on his tablet, no problem. Uh, and it has well, tablet support too, doesn't it? Believe it or not, most things actually run on this surface, no problem. Well, irregardless, right. I figured it was a touch. Um, and if it doesn't, I install it on my desktop, and then I use Steam Link off of my. <laughs> <laughs> Just use that as processing power. Yeah, all right. Pretty much. Well, I figured you could take that with you and play it on lunch break if you got bored. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's awesome. Oh boy. Wait, why did what? I lost internet connection for some fucking reason. Uh, so did I. Never mind. It doesn't matter. I did as well. Yay! Your internet's down. Yay! Good thing we don't need internet to record. Woohoo! True that. Woo-hoo. Um, you do uh, anything else interesting, Jason? So other than that, um, uh, no, not really. Been, uh, been watching the newest series season of series of unfortunate events with the kids okay right on that's yeah. actually a really who's the series. who's the main actor in that neil patrick harris plays olaf oh interesting i like Neil patrick harris um and i can never remember the guy's name the guy who played the tick on the fox series back in the patrick 90s Warburton? yeah he plays lemony snicket yes that's <laughs> an interesting choice but yeah I, I could see could, that. I could listen to him do almost anything. Yeah, but he's got that kind of like low booming voice. type voice. So him narrating the oh, series. Oh, so he narrates? Yeah, he he narrates the the series through the first couple seasons, which is basically the first three books, I think. I don't know. That's um, actually pretty awesome. And then now his character is actually really coming into the series this season you know in its actual part instead of as the narrator so gotcha because in the book series he didn't show up till towards the end i got down a youtube hole looking for jim varney commercials really what i, I love <laughs> Ernest. okay know what i mean Vern? yes jim varney was a genius i've never yeah, I really like Jim Varney. I was even looking at tattoo ideas. And I was like, I could get a Jim Varney tattoo. I bet there's not a lot of people with a Jim Varney tattoo. Like, one of the things in my childhood that brings me great joy is anything Ernest. Really? I love Ernest. Weird. But, hey, if you want, if I mean, you want a tattoo of it. It's like, like you think of, like, big things in my, like, early childhood, like, uh, like Mr. Rogers, because mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers was great, right? But he was a little too tame for me. And then I had Ernest. 
Ernest was ridiculous. And every man, every every dumb person you knew that was really likable but pretty dense is Ernest. And he was the man of the rubber face. A living cartoon yeah, who made was. some horrible movies but had a very expressive face and he did a lot very of expressive. a lot of dairy commercials. My, I mean, he did our local Brahms here. He did some dairy commercials, I guess, in like North Carolina. I want to say like Louisiana and New Mexico. But yeah, I used to sell Brahms products here when I was a kid. Yeah, huh. um, yeah, he if, did. Yeah, he was a uh, the spokesperson for Brahms for a very long time. Really? Yeah, I didn't even know that. But then again, uh, I didn't before know there was before there were you know Ernest goes to camp I, and there were flying I, turtles. I do have. Uh, um. A favorite Ernest movie, Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh my, that's the worst one. Like, it's so bad. No, it's amazing. I'd say Ernest Saves Christmas, which is also equally bad. <laughs> I think that one's worse, actually. They're they're all pretty bad. <laughs> Ernest Goes to Camp is pretty good. That's the only one I can remember. The Flying Turtles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Animal endangerment. <sighs> What? <laughs> Where are we going tonight? It is one of those nights. Um, I, I went. So... I can't even right now. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I can't Bro- do an earnest Bro- impression. Bro- no, neither can I. Broke Rusty and I wasn't intending to. <laughs> it's, it doesn't take very much when I'm I'm, I'm fighting off a, a, a brainstorm. Right. I, uh... Aside from doing the YouTube poll, I mean, I ended up being uh, asked to help out with a a half-done job on um, my girlfriend's boss's old all-in-one computer. Oh, boy. So, I am in the middle of replacing a fan. I won't go through the saga of every little thing that I did not think of that I encountered, but let's just say that the power supply that it needs a fan for is unavailable any fucking where. Um, the fan that it needs is also a special size, which I broke down, went to a local repair shop, and browsed through their different case fans uh-huh. and different power supply fans and took apart. He let me use it like a junkyard, and I told him what I was looking for. I grabbed a fan that would work. There is no f- two-pin connector in there. I am having to splice the wires together to get this fan to work nice Um, this is super fucking old school and i feel like a fucking electrician but it's literally the only thing wrong with this thing is the fan it got quote-unquote fixed by somebody but they couldn't fix the fan which means it was not done right just they didn't get your soldering iron out let's do this i don't have a soldering iron but i have some wire nuts (laughs) (laughs) and wire nuts will be just fine okay just gonna tuck them back and okay. What? What? You would rather solder those dinky ass little wires? Um, maybe. Mm, yes. May maybe. I mean, you, you could, but I'm not going to right now. Better connection. It, it doesn't matter. It's a it's, fan. It's a 12 volt fan. We're not talking about a motherboard. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, but uh. <laughs> I will talk video games here and just yeah, I saw that. Gets, I'll just say it, it because my a, girlfriend won't fucking care. Approval. She said 
I know you have your show. I have a migraine. Will you fuck the shit out of me? <laughs> I told them, do not come and tell, beware, stay away. I need him. I need a little bit. So, of and course. And I made I, them delay again. I, I couldn't yeah. resist. I told him to put a sock on the door. Right, right. Because. And, and all, all I saw, I, I didn't even comment. I just, uh, I said, all right. So that I was getting ready to fucking leave, and I and I saw that, and I said, "All right, well, maybe I'll just sit down, and watch some YouTube for a second. <laughs> so Justin <laughs> decides to reply to the entire string in our secret group on Facebook that the sock had come off the door, right? To which Matt gave the presidential approval, the presidential thumb up. <laughs> Holy. Um. I mean, I played some more Kingdom Death, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Woo-hoo. Played some more VR. I mean, Rusty will talk about that, I think. Yes. Don't have anything crazy interesting. I had something on the agenda, but my brain's just in a weird place right now, so I can't think of that funny thing that I really wanted to bring to the table. <laughs> so I'm It'll just gonna come jump to up. you. It'll come to me later. I'm glad none of you guys came inside. Um... <laughs> uh, Thank you for not showing up at my door. <laughs> the front Sorry, door was y'all. closed. The back door was not open. <laughs> we came with protection anyway. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> with raincoats. <laughs> yes. And we were ready for any eventuality. So anyways. Oh, um you terrible person. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm great. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you I'm, I'm. I'm pretty sure you're just right. <laughs> just right. Just right. Just right. Right as rain. Um, but yeah. Um, I because uh, me and Rusty will really want to talk about VR here in a second. I'm gonna get through some of the little things real quick. Um, I played some. I played EverSpace. Like where I think I'm not playing any more Game of the Year titles at all right now. Okay. I'm done. Yeah, you're, done. you're just playing games? Just playing games for the hell of it. I mean, I played more Seven, Seven Days to Die. Had a blast with it. Played some more uh, Gorn. Had a blast with it. Played some more... I was trying to play Everspace and VR. Still janky as shit. Um, played uh, Subnautica in VR. There's a part of it that's janky as shit, but it still controls well. Um, it is still very playable in VR. It's just you... Here's the trick to it. So, aside from all the FOV tricks that kind of half-ass work, if you can live without subtitles, you can go into your PDA and relook at whatever was said, right. which is what I've been doing. So, I just back out and look at the PDA and look at whatever was said, and we're cool. Or I don't listen to a podcast while I'm doing it so that I can hear what's actually going on. The end. Right. Um, but... I've put about five hours of Subnautica in in VR. I'm going to enjoy it immensely. Now, I am way past motion sickness. I know that if you play this without some VR legs, um, this can be pretty motion sickness inducing. This is a uh, this is a sit-down situation. It is, okay. um, but you are full locomotion because you control this just like you would normally right. with a controller. The only difference being wherever you look is wherever you go, but you can still turn and move around and straight for the controller. Um, but it is... Very immersive um, in VR, and I, I wish the FOV was a little wider. It does give you a super. It's a sixty degree FOV, mm. 
without modifying it. And we don't. I say we, me, and everybody else that plays in the VR has no idea when that's going to change. But you get used to it because you know VR is extremely immersive, regardless. Um, um, that all aside, though, like I've gotten to the, you know, the first main event where you think you're going to get rescued. Mm-hmm. We won't go too deep into that because it's pretty cool. I got past that and I found diamonds. Um, I found, you know, I got my laser cutter. I'm just cutting apart Rex and was messing around in the Aurora. Um, having the, what is the propulsion cannon in VR is pretty fucking cool. Right. Um, yeah. So it's actually a lot easier to see things in VR, I think, just because it's so much bigger and so much more in your face. So like finding salt in crystals and things like that were not a hard thing in VR. I'm still enjoying that immensely. Um, but I've been playing a lot of Everspace, not in VR, because it looks really good in ultra settings. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten the hang of, I haven't beat it yet, but I've gotten the hang of how to do a run in Everspace normal mode because I used to play it on easy mode because it's all I could do. I've gotten a lot. It is way easier to aim with a mouse and keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some more finesse in your driving controls with a controller, but there's more finesse in your aiming with the mouse and keyboard. And after you get used to it, I think it's a better experience, but it's uh, one of my favorite space games right now. It's really great. You got the update for it? I got Encounters. I got it for like five bucks on the Steam sale, and it was specifically for VR, but could be played out of VR because that's not what it was originally designed for. There's a lot of active updates on VR for it, so I'm hoping that they fix some of the performance. But essentially what happens is you adjust the performance, and it gets kind of locked into the settings, and you can never change out of it. So it does some weird shit with the settings where you can't ever change resolution or anything because VR doesn't let you change resolution. It matches resolution to the the headwear. Right. And the only thing you can do to change that is to super sample it through your Steam settings. So that's how you make it basically sharper if you want to go sharper in VR. Right. Um, All that aside, I can run it in medium settings, but it puts you in cockpit view. And cockpit view looks cool, but the cursor's in a weird spot. And I'm way better at third-person driving in that game so mm. and i prefer it in ultra beautiful amazing looking settings so that's just how i'm gonna play it it's in third person mode i've get way farther than my runs right um i've unlocked i've unlocked all the ship the basic ships i've unlocked like a third of the tier of upgrades on one of the ships um encounters adds mission structure to the game so it's more than just going into an area exploring finding your debris and things that you need to upgrade moving on it gives you missions and the cool thing is is because the way the game plays, and you need to play it to kind of figure out what the gist of it is. Mm-hmm. When you come back, let's say you got half of a mission completed, you can come back and finish it in your next run. Or oh, you can okay. turn it in in your next run. So it doesn't have, it just means that you're going to have to find that encounter again. And the more you upgrade your map, and I say upgrade your map, you can upgrade it to see more detail on your map. You can find out where you're going to have the encounter again to turn in the mission or finish the mission or do whatever. Okay. Um, it's all super interesting. It's all voiced. Um, it adds a layer of depth to what your character's motivations are. Um, Everspace is very good. It's a very good arcade space sim shooter game. Yeah, I I picked up Encounters as well. Uh, also on the Steam sale. It was just one of those things. It's like, okay, well, I want to I want to get this. Uh, I like Everspace. Uh, I don't play a ton of it, but I I do like it. Uh, so I figured five bucks is a good you crazy know, good thing. Price. It cramps my hands way less than Dead Cells, and I've gotten to where I like it better than Dead Cells. Oh, okay. So for my roguelikes that I like right now, mm-hmm. I like it a little bit better than Dead Cells just because it's 
similar in base concept, but very different execution. And it's very run based. And I could see your, I could see anybody throwing 200 hours in that game. Like it is, it's a great game. Um, in VR space though, I got my windows mixed head media windows, mixed reality headset and mm-hmm. rusty. You got a, hi, I, I, I did a thing. <laughs> I did a thing, so he did a very expensive thing. I, it wasn't super expensive. It could have been way bucks. worse. Have you spent about six hundred bucks so far? Uh, no. Well, I'm thinking you, you have to think of all the fucking cables and everything like that. So all accessories, I spent two hundred. So, so let me let me back up a bit. So after uh, after last week, I was messing around with uh, with Justin's VR headset. Uh, here played some uh, played some Beat Saber like maybe what one or two songs or whatever. Yeah, and you're like, this is pretty badass. This is yeah. I said, man, this is fucking you know, this is really fucking badass. Uh, and immediately after the uh, the podcast, I got home, I got onto the fucking computer, and I spent like four or five hours. I didn't play video games. All I did was spend four or five hours researching fucking VR headsets, just looking at different specs, looking at what, you know, what it would take to get into it, what, what room scale was and what, you know, what kind of sensor placement you need for room scale, what kind of cables I I found videos specifically for creating breakout cables for VR headsets and, you know, and how to build certain, you know, what cables to get, what things to look out for, things like that. I, I went deep on, you know, on this research. And then I started playing, a, you know, a little bit of uh, uh, Warframe while I was kind of mulling this over. And about 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning that morning, uh, I, uh, I I said, fuck it. And I just put all of the stuff that was, uh, that I had researched and put on my Amazon profile, you know, on my Amazon list for, a possible VR setup. I just said, at the fucking cart, buy now. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I ended up picking up an Oculus Rift, room scale setup with three sensors, uh, the touch controllers, uh, and all the cables that I would need. Well, ninety-five percent of the cables that I would need to be able to set the you know set this system up in my main room in my apartment. Which means that I have to move my entire rig from my bedroom, where it is currently, to my main room and rearrange my entire fucking floor plan to be able to you know, to do this. But I would have uh, like an eight foot by eight foot space in my you know in my main room to work with, uh, so it'd be perfect for room scale setups. Uh, so I decided to do that. I've got like a fifteen foot breakout cable, so I can pretty much play anywhere in that room. Uh, you know, which just extends the, the, the cables that came with the Oculus. I'm super glad I picked up the fucking, you know, the stuff for the breakout cables because the Oculus cable, a similar short cable like mine, it's like maybe like six to eight feet long. It's nowhere near long enough. 
Yeah, no mine, I've got like a six or eight foot cable on mine. And if when we go back out on break, yeah, I'll show you how far that fucker stretches out now. Yeah, it, <laughs> getting an extra cable, you it know, stretches the. It, we can play VR in my living in my dining room now. Nice. <laughs> We're just no more problems. Yep. Fuck the shit. So uh, the breakout cable is uh, you know fifteen feet of USB three, fifteen feet of uh, of the VR ready HDMI, and I've got an HDMI repeater. Because if you get past 10 feet with HDMI and you try to couple them, uh, they sometimes will, you'll start losing video signal, which I mean, I guess really I, haven't sucks. Run, I haven't run into it. No, I, I ended up getting a, it's like a $5 HDMI repeater, you know, a box, so which I, works perfectly fine. I'm going to troll you a little bit, but so I'll tell you what I spent on my cables for a similar length. Mm-hmm. So fifteen feet, about right. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a ten foot HDMI cable and a fifteen foot USB three cable because that was I couldn't find a fifteen foot HDMI cable for the price that I wanted. I went to Amazon Basics, yep, um, which is where I went, mm-hmm. and then I got. I don't have two HDMI ports on my on my graphics card. I have three Display Ports, an HDMI port, and a DVI port. Right. So I got a H a, a Display Port to HDMI. Uh, was it two point one mm-hmm. adapter, which you know is being Display Port. I'm sure it's fast enough, yeah. right? I didn't even bother with that. That adapter was like ten bucks, right? I bought the cable, both cables, and that together for twenty five dollars. Yeah, it and it's Amazon Basics is pretty much what I got uh, for and mine. They're all, they're all braided cables too. Like I didn't get the cheapest versions, but it was just like I checked the reviews. Will work with VR, right? right. And I was looking for one specifically that. Other people people had tested with a VR headset. Yep, uh, and that's that's kind of what I did with uh, you know with mine. I uh, most of my cables are are Amazon Basics. I did end up picking up a uh, a thirty foot USB three cable, and I am super glad I picked it up because uh, getting that rear sensor for a room scale setup, uh, you know, around the room essentially you know, and then up the fucking wall is that's a long ass run. And I ended up picking up the 30 foot cable actually accidentally. It was, you know, it was, uh, on somebody's list of cables that you should get, uh, for the breakout cable. And it was originally set up for just like the three, uh, the 3.0 connection to the VR headset. He'd put it down as a 15-foot cable, but when you clicked on the link, it actually pulled up a 30-foot cable on Amazon. I'd ac- accidentally bought that, but I'm glad I did because that is the exact length I need to get around the room for the rear sensor. So I can still use it. Uh, I ended up having uh, ended up having a extra 10-foot USB 2 extension cable, which I'll, I'm sure I'll find a use for. You know, it, just use them to charge your phone. Yeah, it's basically it's <laughs> it, it was like eight bucks. So if I if I bought all of these things and bought one wrong thing, I would much rather it be the eight dollar cable that it was wrong, right? Right. So that all aside, I, I you know I, I when I ordered the Oculus, you know, I was on sale. It was fifty dollars off uh, for this uh, for last weekend. Uh, and when I ordered it, Amazon said, we're sold out. It'll ship in one to four weeks. And I said, all right, I can deal with that. 
you know, I don't necessarily need it right the fuck now, but, you know, and I can get all the cables and get the cables built. And I've got, uh, you know, a cable sheath for the breakout cables so that I can keep them all as one piece instead of having just two cables, you know, just kind of tangling up uh, amongst itself. Uh, so I have binder clips. Yeah, I, I decided to get a cable sheath. It was like, you know, five bucks for 25 feet of, you know, of like a, a mesh cable sheath, which is not a bad deal. Uh, so I decided, you know, I was going to pick up all the cables, get everything ready, and then I was going to have one to four weeks to move my rig from my bedroom to my living room because that's where I wanted to have it. I, I would have time. Uh, and then Amazon came back and said, we've got one. We're sending it to you. You'll have it in two days. What? Oh, shit. This fucking got real quick. So uh, so I ended up getting the last cables that I needed to be able to work with it yesterday. You know, and that meant when I woke up, I went to the post, you know, post box, got my, you know, got the last cables. And then I'm like, I need to fucking, I need to play with this now. I need to work with it now. I need to see how this fucking thing works. <clears throat> so, I did. I hooked it up in my in my bedroom, and I I have like a three and a half foot square space in my bedroom that is basically move my computer chair out of the way, push my bed off to the left, and you know I've got some space, right? Uh, and I, I go through the uh, the Oculus sensor setup, and it was having problems actually, like you know, getting it right. Or a space of three by three. Right. So I have, I had to push the, the sensors all the way up against the wall because I was too close to the sensors for, uh, for where I was at. I had to push those things all the way up to the wall. And then the left sensor, I had to, um, I have like this, uh, storage chest, uh, that I, you know, that I keep just like, you know, blankets and shit in that's like at the end of my bed. It's just like a blankets and blow up dolls, whatever. Um, so I do, I have that. And then I have one of these TV tables set up, uh, these TV tray, you know, style fold up tables. I have that on top of the chest. And then I have the box. The Oculus came in, stood up on its end on top of the table and then I have the sensor set up on top of that so that I could get it over my fucking massive monitor setup uh, and get that far enough away so that it would actually be able to track. Um, after go- doing all of that, I was able to get the touch sensors to actually respond properly. So here I am in this three foot by three, you know, three and a half foot by three and a half foot space. Uh, and the sensors are tracking properly, and I put the freaking Oculus on for the first time. Holy shit, there's a massive difference between the two, between your headset and the uh, and the Oculus. Massive fucking difference. As in how? As in the tracking for the controllers is way better. I guess. I mean, I haven't had any issue. What's different? Well, so... When when you put up the, uh, when you turn on the Oculus, the you know the the first thing that it has you go through is uh, there's a uh, Oculus first contact, which is basically like a little like here's the Oculus, this is what you can do with it 
you know, you know, situation, and it kind of teaches you how to use the touch controllers uh, and how to interact with objects in a in a, a VR space. Um, and I, it it's just me or me be just a like a new VR kind of guy, but it's it has this little like fucking uh, robot dude that you know that's you know, floats around and is animated. It looks like a fucking Pixar robot, right? It looks like fucking Wally. Uh, but he, you know, he's giving you little fucking cassette tapes to put into machines and, you know, and make objects so that you can pick them up and interact with them. But he has you waving, like, so you're waving the controller, like you're waving your hand. And it's, it was a really interesting experience. Like that, that was the first thing that I saw in VR. And, the experience for that is a really good experience. Like whoever thought of that at Oculus, they're a fucking genius because it's intuitive in a way that lets you kind of dip your feet into VR and be able to work with the controller and then have this, you know, this very interesting character that you're working with in a, in a space. Um, You know, so, and it's not like, watching a video of how to play VR. It is, you are playing VR, but you're learning how to play VR at the same time. Uh, which I, I thought was fucking fantastic. Right. I was just like, how do you, wow. So with mine, usually what I do is I launch steam VR. I've, I've gotten out of, I don't know how much of the steam VR stuff you've done so far, but you've done some, I know. Yeah. Um, for me, the easiest way for me to do it is Steam VR has its own like play space you can launch from there. Mm-hmm. But I'm running on a much lower power rig than you, so I kill the play space altogether, and I've got it to where it doesn't ever start up. And I go in and I launch, well, Windows Media Mixed Reality VR, which is their version for Steam VR. Get that running, and then go back to Steam, and I don't run it in a VR mode. I'm just looking at a virtual desktop, and then I pick my games. Right, so and then Oculus, they just launch into it, and then I got to click on the VR floating window, and then it launches me into Steam VR. Right, so Oculus has uh, has Oculus Home. So when you uh, when you pull up Oculus Home and you put the VR headset on, uh, it will load you into basically like the Oculus Home room. You know, it has a little you know a space, and you hit the uh, the Oculus button. Uh, which is kind of like the Steam VR button or whatever on you know on the Vive controller, uh, and that will pull up a menu, uh, which you interact with with the con- uh, touch controllers and be able to kind of point out what you want. One of them is a virtual desktop, so you can click on that and that will pull up your desktop, uh, you know, in VR, which I thought was really fucking fantastic. Uh, and then I can go in and turn on uh, Steam VR from there. There's there's a hack for it. You you can actually pull. Uh, you can actually create a uh, uh, a link in uh, Oculus Home that will pull up Steam VR, so you don't have to go to the desktop or anything like that. Uh, and I haven't done that yet, but uh, there's that's one of the ways that I get into Steam VR. As soon as I do that, it starts loading up the Steam VR room, which allows me to play Steam games. Um, my only my only problem with that was trying to figure out something beyond my recent play games. I was trying to figure out where your regular library was. Oh, the uh, in Steam, Steam VR? VR, yeah. 
Uh, that's why I killed that altogether because a it was Hagen processor and then b, I it was I knew how my library sorted so I could just go to desktop and pick the game and then click on the Steam VR icon and then it jumps me back in. Right. So there's a screen on the right hand side and then there's a screen in front of you. Uh, and the screen in front of you basically puts all the games that are VR enabled, you know, on the screen. So I, I didn't necessarily have too many of those because I didn't buy you didn't have any. Gotcha. Uh, but, you know, the one game that I picked up, of course, was Beat Saber because, you know, like... Yeah, dumb. 20 bucks is a pretty good price. Uh, yeah. So... One of the uh, one of the things that I uh, I'm, I most enjoyed about the uh, uh, the Oculus experience, like just having the touch sensors and having the base stations for uh, uh, for being able to do this, is that when I put the the headset on, like I'm I'm standing in the room, I've got my controllers on my desk. Okay, they're not necessarily like, you know being tracked on my desk they're way below the sensors but when i put my headset on it knows where they're at <laughs> well and, and like similarly the way that i do it is i either set them on the couch or on the desk or yeah on the mantle or something and so i just go they're just floating there and i just go grab them so uh so an uh, oculus outside of the uh if you turn off the oculus home when you are in, you know, when you have the headset on, it puts you into basically like um, uh, the, uh, the the construct from the Matrix, right? The the empty space. You know, you can kind of see like a grid of empty space all around you. But if you're in, you know, if you've got the headset on, you can look around and you can see where the sensors are. You know, which is really fucking cool. You can see those sensors, but you can also look at the, you know, look and see where your controllers does, are at. Does it have you set up the, so you set up kind of like boundaries to your play space, right? Yeah. So Oculus has a system called the guardian system, uh, which when, you know, when you set up the, uh, the sensors, you use a controller to create a boundary. So you just pull the trigger on a controller and then move the controller around your boundary, your play space area. Uh, and it will, you know, it will remember that boundary, no matter what game you're in, it will give you a, you know, uh, a boundary grid that will pop up over, you know, over the area. Uh, and as soon as you start to break that plane, it will alert you that you're breaking the plane. So like the interesting thing with that, like use the controller with mine, you have to use the whole headset because everything's tracked from the headset. Right. And so you click a button. I have it set for a seated experience right now because I'm not playing a lot of moving my arms around aside from Beat Saber. So, like, when I set it up, it's you click a button and then you move the, the headset around the space that you want and you can see on your screen that it's drawing a grid. And then when you want to turn on boundaries, you turn on boundaries and it's got, like, a clear box that gives, like, a ripple effect kind mm -hmm. of thing when you press the controller out of it. Right. It doesn't throw in any weird alert. It's just like, oh, you see the boundaries, and then when you get out of that, they disappear. Right. The 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 Oculus has kind of like, it's, uh, it, it's interesting so that you can kind of put the the controller through the boundary, and it'll create like a hole in the boundary, but it'll show like a, it's, a, a really wide grid like it doesn't block anything that's happening on the screen but you can definitely notice that you're breaking the boundary um 
you know, and that will happen with, you know, with your face or with the controllers or anytime that you're really close to, you know, to getting to that area where you're outside of your play space, it'll, it'll let you know. So I'm going to um, kind of get to the nitty gritty. I know you played Beat Saber a shitload, right? Oh, I, my arms are broken right now. You played five hours. Was I that last night? five hours. Yes. So this morning, last night, this morning, uh, I I played Beat Saber for five fucking hours straight. Did you download Beat Saber? I, so there's actually a, uh, there is a mod that you can install. Um uh, it's, I think it's mod saber or something like that, but it lets you download in, it lets you download inside the game. That's what I've got too. And it's pretty convenient. It's really fucking convenient. So, uh, I, I put that in of course, cause I wanted to have the custom songs, but I played with the original songs before I downloaded anything. Uh, and, uh, I decided that I was going to just kind of cut my teeth with whatever they had. Um, and, uh, with, the uh, the touch controllers just have really really great tracking you know with the uh uh with the sensors so even if i'm not visually looking at the controllers or anything i know where they're at um and uh there's no detectable latency that i can find like i i can't find any um in fact you know in the construct space if you are holding the controllers, you can see the controllers in the construct and you can kind of turn the controllers around and it looks just like the, the touch controllers. So you can, you, you see exactly what you're holding on to uh, in VR. And I was doing that for a little bit just to kind of test to see if there's any, you know, I was moving it fast to see how fast uh, it would be able to track. And there's no, no detectable latency. Thank um, I think the detectable difference between what you have versus what I have. Here's the big difference. So right. this tracks in a fisheye 108. So what it does is the boundary is right in front of you so that there's a like a tiny bit of overlap. And then it's 180 degrees slightly behind your shoulder is where it is. And then what it does is it tracks through accelerometers for a minute mm-hmm. when it gets beyond your field of view. And it'll do that for about 30 seconds, and then you have to look at your controller before it picks it back up. Right. The thing I haven't run into, though, is very many issues of me having my arms stretched out behind me. Right. Because that never happens. Where you lose tracking is when I'm in something like Gorn, and I get up to get a snack or a drink or something. I take the headset off, and I put them on the floor. I have to, like, look at them again. It's like, oh, there's where your hands are, and then I pick them back up. Right, but I haven't had any issues with like latency or anything like that. It's, it seems like the way that uh, that Oculus does it is it will actually remember where the controllers are at. Well, yeah, it can see them at all times, and right. that's the big difference. Where this doesn't see them at all times, but I haven't. Like I said, it depends on where you are, and I know we, me, and I troll Rusty on uh, very often with this, right? with Rusty always getting kind of the premium experience every single time. It, he spent <laughs> $200 for slightly better tracking, and that's essentially what you did. Well, I, I, And five degrees difference on field of view. You spent $200 on better tracking and five degrees difference on field of view. I was also looking for something that, you know, there is so another difference. Room, uh, room scale. I so. can do room scale, too. I know. Because there's no, as long as the controllers are not 500 feet away, it'll see the controllers up to 15 feet away, and there's no point where my arm is going to be that long. <laughs> it's a, there is a video out there where somebody put this on a high-powered laptop and threw it in their backpack, 
and just like jog in VR, like literally jogging in VR because you have there's no scale. The scale is is you're there's, you're never going to get to a point where your controller is so far away that it, you can't track it because the headset's always going to be on your head and your arms are only so long. Yeah, I, I so I wanted to I, I've. I've always but it's wanted a, good ex- a VR. But uh, there's but there's a good I'm gonna say some good things too. Like right. I'm not totally trolling you. The the good thing that you don't have to mess with that I do is I'm running some beta stuff to make it work. Mm-hmm. So there are a few things in Windows mixed reality that I have to tweak. Right. But I'm the kind of guy that likes to do that kind of stuff. So I have to tweak stuff sometimes. There is some stuff with reprojection to help with frames per second on higher demanding games. Mm-hmm. That I had to edit a command line on. And if you're not comfortable with editing an Ionic file with a copy-paste link, Rift is an easier experience. Rift has its own store. Um, not, and that I can, not that I really want anything from the There's store. a robot game in there that I really want. But it's called Robo Recall. Oh, that came that comes bundled with uh, with the touch controllers. So. But like I want to get that. In order to do that, I have to use a Vive hack to get Oculus games. So basically, Windows Mixed Reality works on the Vive vr platform right with slight differences in how it tracks things so there are slight differences i don't there are certain times when there is a certain button that you have on oculus if i play something in oculus mode and it doesn't recognize it but the controllers are mapped the same as a vive controller so i have to play it with vive ready games okay um and my button doesn't open a on oculus homepage. it opens what they call the cliff house and the cliff house is the windows house right and everybody you know, has you, a different house but it's a window. It's a a house for what made for Windows, in general, and you can open up like it natively supports VR through my internet, uh, Microsoft Edge. Okay. So like there are VR. I went through CNN VR videos, which I know that sounds stupid, but it's in browser and they are VR using a 360 camera. Oh, okay. And that is something if you haven't tried video in VR that's recorded for VR, that's kind of a trip. Yeah, I, uh, sense I of scale is definitely there. I haven't actually messed around with much more than say just Beat Saber, but you haven't tried Elite yet. Uh, I, well, so when I uh, when I, I think did, when it, I set up it, the sensors, I set up the sensors for you know for the play space that I had uh, initially just to uh, you know just to see uh, Beat Saber basically. I just kind of wanted to play Beat Saber, but I did actually bring the chair out, sit down, put the VR headset on and just looked around in, you know, in, uh, uh, in, well, the house just to see how the tracking would be sitting down at my, at my normal place with the uh, mouse and keyboard just to see where, you know, where the tracking would be. Yeah. Um, There's a weird thing with that, with, windows where so like if you put your your controllers down right and you don't mm-hmm. want to use those let's say i have a regular controller i can look anywhere and i've got a pointer in front of my basically at the bridge of my nose mm-hmm. and click on stuff it'll have like a little sleepy symbol mm-hmm. and you click your a button on your controller and it does that or i can start tracking with my mouse or i can hit windows windows y flip the headset up and then just use my desktop right does it did you notice it was doing reprojection on your monitor while you're doing Beat Saber as well? It was, yeah. It, it's, uh, it is actually showing uh, what I'm playing on the monitor as I'm playing in VR. Not I think the, not the something I'm... you're going to have a distinct advantage too is because of the power of your rig, you're going to get to play with super sampling more than I am. 
and you can go into, so I recommend going into Elite and try it like 130% super sampling and see what it looks like. So uh, if I can do VR Ultra, you can definitely do it, and I bet you can do it with super sampling. Well, I'm going to, uh, so uh, Oculus has a uh, Oculus debug menu or uh, like a, uh, a different mode. You have to pull up the Oculus uh, debug menu before you go into any games. Um, and you can actually set the super sampling in the Oculus system. So, but you have to keep that window up the entire time that you're in. You have to set it every time. Uh, but, uh, you know, that allows you to do super sampling directly with the, with the Oculus and essentially, you know, it just program. it definitely ups resolution. I've tried it in a few th- games that were low requirement, but to see the difference in super sampling, mm-hmm. and it makes a noticeable difference. Yeah, I mean, even in you know, even in like the the Oculus Home, uh, you can definitely see the jaggies, uh, which you know, I found that that is something that I can, I, it's something I can actually kind of ignore. It's it's weird it's going big, from a fucking you know uh, a high resolution monitor to VR. I you would think that I would you see stop a difference. noticing it after a while. Yeah, you just you you just stop. that's what I was saying. Like when I was playing Elite, and I don't have super sam. I have it on VR Ultra, but no super sampling. It's just, just regular resolution. Mm-hmm. Which I know it's running at fourteen forty, but also with that weird lens, so it creates a screen door, which is where some of that stuff comes from. Right. Um. And the only way to get around it is to get it super sampling turned on. I just do not have the power at this moment. To so do that. just just to but just, you just forget about it, right? Just to explain super sampling a bit. Basically, what it does is uh, it renders the image at a much higher you know, a higher resolution and then scales it back for the VR uh, for the VR displays. So you get a crisper image with less jaggies if you do it that way. So and it's for some it basically you can go up to with Steam VR in Windows and Windows Mixed Reality WMR and Vive on the Steam VR little it does this little bitty pop up that shows your battery life and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. right? You can click on it and go to settings and change your super sampling there, and you do that before you jump into a game, basically. Right. So it's kind of like the you, Oculus stuff, and you can even set it to remember what super sampling you want per game. And then you just go through and set the settings and hit save, and then you just go into whatever game it is, and then it saves super sampling. Okay. And I got myself in trouble with Subnautica with it not wanting to fucking run because I put it at medium settings and two times super sampling, and it just was like, oh, nope, uh, you don't have the super, card. You yeah, don't have the card for this. Two, two times super sampling is but stressful. I have, but I have Skyrim VR set at one point three. Yeah, and like 3. I make, I might even show you guys what Skyrim VR looks like if you're curious. Because I showed it to you guys on PSVR, right? So, so the it way makes a huge difference, right? So, super sampling—the way that it's set up—is uh, if you set super sampling at one point five, that doubles the resolution of your picture, uh, and you know samples it back to whatever the uh, whatever the the display's resolution is. Uh, if you set the super sampling to two point that quadruples the uh the resolution that you're rendering and then super you know samples it back to whatever you're seeing so you're you are basically putting twice as much resolution to your frames no wonder your shit was fucking like having a fucking tizzy fit (laughs) well and the game i'll say not too much more but like i was trying fallout 
in VR, right? Fallout 4. And, um, you know, I'm just borrowing it from my friend. And playing it that way, when it, the frame rate stutters, it makes you sick. And I've got my VR legs. Because the frame rate starts to, to have. And by default, with the beta version of WMR, it does a little bit of auto-config to interpolate. You know, it's kind of like if you've had a TV that says, oh, yeah, it runs at 240 hertz, but it's really like 120 hertz native. What it's doing is it's throwing a black frame in there. Right. This will auto-tune it to do that with certain games already that are, you know, popular on Steam, I guess, or games that are already supported on it. And it does that with Fallout, and what it does is it does start to smooth it out, but then it starts to get a little bit bumpy. And for whatever reason, that game runs way worse than Skyrim VR. And it was turning my stomach a little bit. It looks cool as shit. I will give it that. It is a full fucking game in VR. But holy shit, does it make me sick. Um, and until I get a more powerful rig, I'm probably not going to play it. Um, but I played enough of it to get out into the wasteland and kill a couple things, right? But it was super intuitive on the controls. Like, I'll give it that. Like, that part's easy. But uh, it it is... Uh, just doesn't run well enough on a 970, even if it's overclocked. Um, it really needs at least, I would say, a 1070. Yeah, and and, and Fallout or and Skyrim being an older game, performance mods that I used plus high texture mods, plus re-render of faces mods, and a, a whole bunch of additional. I've got spears in Skyrim now, like I've got all sorts of shit. But okay. I downloaded a whole bunch of army mods and a whole bunch of like. You know, like better water, you know, all that shit. I got up 40 mods running on Skyrim already. Yeah. Well, but all it, it runs things... great on a newer rig. Yeah. It's... And it looks good, too. It's just when you start throwing VR at it, you, you're, you're, I don't know. It, it should, I don't know. It seems like it would tax, you know. Tax I'm sure it's you. taxing the shit out of my system. But, you know. I look at MSI Afterburner and it sounds like I got a jet engine running in my case. Right. Well, uh, the uh there's an overlay that you can get up uh you can put up on uh you know on oculus that will give you uh your uh headroom your your performance headroom so that you can kind of tweak things so that you're you kind of want to uh, target somewhere between 90 and 95 percent utilization uh because once it starts to render something that's you know like really quick then you're gonna you know you're gonna bump up but you want to have five to ten percent worth of performance to you know to be able to do that so you can kind of work out the sweet spot for games you know right there essentially in the anything in vr is running it i realize it's not at two times whatever it is it's about one and a half times is what whatever it is right you know and you know, and that's about what it taxes your system at so subnautica where i can play it in high high to epic settings on my pc in VR, it is definitely a medium-setting game. Otherwise, I am getting a lot of pop-in. I'm getting a lot of judder, and that's really taxing on your eyes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Any kind of, like, performance hitch while you're in VR does make your stomach turn. Oh, yeah. Um, because your eyes can't handle it when they're that far from the screen. Right. You know, <laughs> I, I put on my uh, uh, on my Facebook page, and I remember, you know, back in the day, you know, your parents were saying, you know, don't sit so close to the television. <laughs> Now we're strapping TVs directly to our eyeballs. Um, <laughs> it's Pretty crazy much. It's crazy. I think Rusty, you'd need to you need to just buckle in since you, I know you're not gonna be able to move your computer soon. Mm-hmm. Try a little bit of Elite Dangerous in VR. Try one of the training missions to get your legs, and then just try it. It's it's a joy. Yeah, it's 
Elite Dangerous every single time you go into Elite Dangerous, you there's you still have to fucking like relearn the goddamn game. So I just I do the the basic the basic mission that shows you how to shoot and the basic mission that shows you how to use the SRV. And then once I'm done with that, I'm good. Um yeah. you you're gonna need your VR legs for the SRV. That does that even Oof. me being ready for it. <laughs> this is a little rough because you you know how it is when you hit a rock in like low gravity well, I mean, and you start spinning. The something. SRV, the SRV is rough. Just playing Elite Dangerous on your desktop. I can't imagine SRV and VR is so that's the little go kart that you your lunar lander basically. That thing in VR, like you hit the wrong size rock and you're like doing a barrel roll you're and you're flipping over and over and over and, over and, over and, and like there. The first time it happened, I just closed my eyes. I was like, "When's it gonna stop?" <laughs> waiting for the waiting for it. Open waiting my for eyes. the nope, crash. Nope, nope, nope. Gonna wait for it. Okay, wait for the crash. I had to get my stomach. I had to ease my stomach into it. But flying, just because you're in a fixed point, and there's nothing below you to see movement. Right. It was the only time I experienced the drop. You know, of like. The sensation of falling is when I was landing on a planet. Mm-hmm. Um, everything in space, though, didn't hurt my stomach at all. It yeah. was only going down to surfaces, and then it took me a while to kind of readjust my gut. And that's just how it works. I will recommend, so so I'm not recommending drugs, the C-band. The C-band is a little, uh, like, elastic band with a little point to hit a pressure point in your wrist. They work very well. Um, there is no drugs involved, and they they work very well to help you get used to VR if you have a weak stomach like me. Well, I haven't actually done anything that would require it. I guess I can loan you my pair of Z bands. Nah, nah, it's all right. Them first. Nah, it's all right. Uh, yeah, nah, elite's gonna happen. It's it's gonna happen. But, but you've but... realized by this point that you do not have the arms of a world champion masturbator, and you cannot do. <sighs> Beat Saber hey. for five hours at a time. No, no. I did beat Saber for five hours. That means something. It means that I've got plenty of practice. Um, beat Saber. You betcha. Now, beat that Saber. So, so just to, you know, to go into you know, Beat Saber. So I played like two songs here, right? You know, and I didn't, didn't do too bad. I played like you know Bohemian Rhapsody, and I played like one of the you know the bass Beat Saber songs. Right. Um, I am now consistently playing hard and some expert level you know uh, stuff. Try the. Um, there's some that are mapped better than others. I say most of the Daft Punk songs are mapped really well. So there's one I, and i can't uh, i can't for the life of me remember what the you know thing but i was kind of surprised cuz it was a, a different song that i you know uh than i was used to do you have a song on there that gives you a purple lightsaber yeah okay it was like the it's one of the very top songs it's, it's uh it's a song from uh, league of legends is it yeah uh, I, I can't remember it's exactly. called pop stars or something yeah, like that yeah pop stars yeah so i'm not a big fan of that song though i can beat that fucking song on hard uh, which I consider an achievement because there's a lot of different movements to that song. Um, and uh, it's probably my favorite song so far. You know, Harder, Faster, came... Stronger by Daft Punk on there is pretty fun. Um, yeah, so I've got the Imperial March, which is still good. Oh, the Cell uh, Mix. Yep. That uh, one's fun. It's not super hard. It just works really well. So... 
Uh, and if you've tried his other songs, they're just fucking impossible. Right. Some of the songs are, you know, are well above my skill level. So uh, there's some songs that have you doing, you know, you know, the up and down movements with your left arm and then doing uh, a crossways with your uh, with your right arm like this, you know, there, up, down, left, right, you, right, left, up, down. Are you familiar like with that. Aphex Twin at all? Uh a long time ago, there's a song called Come to Daddy They Did and another song called Window Liquor that had his face plastered on a girl with really big melons. Maybe. Anyways, 90s like uh, EBM, basically. Right. Or IBM. Anyways, long story short, he's a really interesting guy, and I really like Aphex Twin. But uh, there's a song called Flim that's uh, it's a really uh, – have you ever heard of Boards of Canada? Maybe. Okay, well, anyways, it's got a really mellow beat to it with mm. a lot of interesting drum stuff. And he's the way he orchestrates his songs are on per, on a lot of interesting percussion. And so a lot of the stuff is all over the place. And there's one that makes you look like you're flying because it's a lot of weird hits that move you in a circular motion back and forth. Right. And sometimes I can get it and sometimes I cannot. It, it's a very hard song. There's, But I may show you – I'll either – I'm going to show you one of these on break. Right. There's either Harder, Faster, Stronger, which is a really fun song to play because it's got such a good groove. I mean, it's Daft Punk. Right. Um, or Aphex Twin, but Aphex Twin, anything is great and works so well with Beat Saber. Just because it's, they are, I, I feel like he bases his songs on patterns. It's not standard techno. He's like the godfather of extremely over-the-top level of creativity on his, the way he does percussion. Right. There's a video out there of a monkey that he made. And it's like a, it looks like a kind of like a stuffed, you know, toy monkey, right? With behind a drum set. And for every different hit on there, it hits a different part of this like 47 part drum set. And that's how the video goes is with this monkey playing drums. And it's just all these different crazy things. Sweet. Um, anybody's ever curious about like history of electronic music, like Aphex Twin is a classic now. Still extremely relevant. Every time I listen to Aphex Twin, it's like, I still like this. I yeah, I still like this. If you're an electronic music fan at all, you should listen to Aphex Twin. Uh, I'll look it up because you know I'm I'm interested in uh, the the songs that I get into the most, the ones that have a really really cool rhythm to them, uh, and they don't do weird fucking like stupid shit with the freaking blocks. Like uh, if if and I'm gonna get into mapping. You know if you you know you probably already know that I would, but um there is a map editor that you can uh you can do and you can create your own you know you can create your own beat maps for these songs um i'm going to actually start beat mapping some of these songs that'll be my you know kind of like a side project for me something that i can do uh but i'm already good at audio editing because i you know i edit this thing you know i edit this uh, the podcast right so um I'm very familiar with uh, with Audacity, which is the uh, which is the editor that most people use for this type of thing. Uh, and then you know the the beatmap editor doesn't look too hard to uh, to actually learn. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and uh, start beatmapping some of the songs that I like uh, with some decent rhythms to them because. You know, some of the songs that I like that somebody's beat mapped, they they beat map them in such a way that you have to be like a fucking super expert and be able to have like 
two separate brains, one for each fucking hand, to be able to actually play. Here, I'll give you less than 30 seconds, and you understand why this is <sighs> okay. perfect. Hold on, let's see if this is out enough. You said I'm saying like that's a. A lot of his stuff okay. is very, I mean, extremely varied, but that's it works really well in Beat Saber. Yeah. So the so the highs there would be, you know, if I was to create two uh, two different beat maps for that, one would be the drum track and one would be the high track. So, you know, so like I, I would make a hard with the uh, with the highs and i would make an expert with the drums you know or an expert plus with the drums and just just listening to the drum track there holy fuck that would be one hell of a thing that's an easy song okay (laughs) yeah see you know i'm already looking at when i'm listening to fucking songs i've been trying mick gordon stuff so the guy that did the doom soundtrack i've Uh got a lot of his stuff i can't do a single one yet yeah, so the, when, there's the BFG division, which is the crazy, crazy, crazy fast song um, off the Doom soundtrack. And if you haven't listened to, I'm not going to play it on here, but if you haven't listened to it, it's super fucking cool. Right. Um, it's super, super, super hard in VR. You know, I, I, when I started, you know, started doing this, I started listening to other songs. Like even after, uh, after playing it, you know, just the two songs here. And I was listening to my normal playlist for work, which is a lot of electronic music because I need to keep my energy up at night. Otherwise, I'll pass out. Um, What I was doing was I was listening to these songs and I was already kind of seeing how I would place the notes on the, you know, you know, on a beat map, which kind of got me looking at modifying a beat map. And then that's where I saw that there's a whole fucking discord created for people who do beat maps for you know for songs and uh you know what the best practices are for you know for laying down tracks and i'm like oh i mean this 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 is a natural fucking fit for me so this is probably what i'm going to end up doing hopefully i can do some uh some decent beat maps that are there's there's a guy that's i guess he's a dance instructor that does Mm -hmm. a few beat saber videos that i found very randomly uh he goes by benny the beast Oh, Benny the Beast stuff yeah. is really fun. He's he's a little bit over the top with his movements. You can tell he's a dance instructor, but his uh, tutorials are pretty intense. Well, And then watching him play stuff on fucking Expert Plus, you're like, okay, I can see why he's a dance instructor. This guy's smooth as fuck. Well, he also does, uh, he does some mapping, too. Uh, most of his videos are actually mapping. Right. And there's a handful of videos where you can see him playing shit. Uh-huh. But Benny, Benny, B-E-N-N-Y, D-A-B-E-A-S-T. Yep. So, And he doesn't have a lot of subscribers, but I will say out of all the ones that I've looked at, he is absolutely the best one I've seen so far. So his uh, his videos on YouTube are uh, are kind of like the go to tutorial for, uh, you know, for, beat, you know, for doing the beat mapping. He's he's more popular for doing beat mapping than he is actually playing. But there's some videos of him playing. You're like, oh, shit, this guy knows what he's doing. Right. Well, he he, he, he doesn't does... look like a Star Wars kid when he does. it. He looks like a fucking Jedi. Right. <laughs> you know, he... I look like a Star Wars kid when I play Beat Saber. Man, uh 
I, I found myself actually fucking dancing to some of these songs, which is, I don't dance. I can only imagine what I actually look like, but, uh, but I was really getting into those songs. Like I got a fair fucking workout for five fucking okay, hours. You did. I get a workout from that playing it for an hour and a half. I mean, it's so, a good aerobic workout. I, I spent, you know, on the five hours, I did take two breaks. Uh, one of which I went to my, uh, uh, to my thermostat and turned the fucking AC on because I felt like, uh, uh, you know, 73 degrees in my apartment was too fucking hot. Uh, and I went outside and I basically laid out on the fucking porch waiting for the fucking body to cool down. Um, so I did take some breaks, but man, I, I spent a lot of fucking time at Beat Saber and. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it tonight unless this fucking migraine, you know, subsides a little bit. Because playing VR in a, with a fucking migraine, I imagine, oh, is probably fucking not a don't good do idea. Um, <laughs> I think we ought to take a quick break. Uh, yeah. We'll be back. All right. back yeah yeah Jesus so Christ. i uh you went ahead and uh mind fucked me yeah i did Jesus. i showed if you're a fan of older music and you do like electronic music and i, I think everybody i talk about metal a lot and that's really not all i listen to i listen to a lot of punk and now i'm showing you into the archives of the weirder shit that i listen to the, yeah there's fucking weird is an understatement if you've never watched an Aphex Twin video, I <laughs> encourage you to watch any Aphex Twin video done by a director named Chris Cunningham. Um, we did a several videos for them, Bjork, and uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other people. But anyways, long story short, um, the window liquor video is a thing of treasures. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you got to admit, he comes up with some pretty fucking sick beats. And Just, you know what's crazy is he's done that. That was the 90s, and you could, it doesn't sound particularly old. A lot of the stuff I'm, he's done has influenced a lot of people today, I think. I, I'm just saying that video is playing, and I'm listening to it as I'm, as I'm getting ready for the next bit. And I just keep waiting to hear Wanda Sachs come out and be like, booty, booty. Oh, God. It's an interesting video, the, so the, you have to get past the intro. and Five-minute fucking intro. When you get to the limo, you know the intro, the video started. But if you ever listen to the song itself, like there's a lot, he's really known for his subtle undertones on a lot of percussion. Like just mapping out all the percussion on that monkey video is fucking insane. And you were right. thinking, oh, well, I want this in Beat Saber. And I'm here thinking like, okay, I can, some map, beats. I, can, uh, I can see maps when I close my eyes. And when I listened to that and closed my eyes, I saw hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some of those like crazy techno J-pop songs that they've got on there too. Yeah, that just have you spinning your arms in circles. Yeah, so and that's. I think it's. I think it's. Those are fast. He's just way more layered than that. We're not talking about one single beat that goes fast or four single beats that go fast. We're yeah, talking about you're looking he's, at he's got tracks that have over a hundred tracks added to it together to complete a song, and that's all the different types of percussion he uses. Yes, but he did this in a world before there was Pro Tools and building this on your computer. He did this all through oscillators. Yes, 
um, yeah. and yeah, well, synthesizers. That 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 right there makes it it's real fucking stupid. Be like, an expert sampler. Some of those, yeah. some of the, like the expert plus stuff on uh, on Beat Saber is like mind numbingly well, fucking I stupid. Well, right? I showed you one that was the the clip I played earlier. It's mm-hmm. called Flim. It's off the Come to Daddy EP, and that has a really interesting pattern too. I was showing you guys that it's not easy. No, on it's normal, not. it's pretty hard. It's harder than most of the hard songs I've played. It, but it has you moving your arms in odd directions, but it does match the beat pretty close. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the odd directions that fit the song. That's that's the thing. It's like just, it has you doing this weird, like, like it still makes you feel like the thing about Beat Saber is it still makes you feel like a badass because you're swinging in different directions. And the way that the person who mapped that song mapped it so that every the the comeback motion of the saber is also hitting a note, too. So it's like up. And then back over and up and then down mm-hmm. and like it make it's it always makes you feel like a mix of like martial arts and directing a symphony and looking like an idiot. But mm-hmm. I'm sure I look like an idiot doing it, but it was fun. It's okay. Just download oh, Kung was, Fu Fighting and uh cha uh, and Cha Cha Slide. Have you done the Cha Cha Slide on Yes there? I have. That sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> but um moving along, um VR is cool. So and Beat Saber is amazing. Cool. That sure that's gonna come up in our game of the year. Yeah. It's it, still not even done. Um, uh, be, Might be, as well be. My, yeah, it's it's our it's a pretty solid fucking. I've been looking for a good rhythm game that I could get into, and the same people that made Audio Shield, didn't it? Uh, I don't think. I'm so. pretty sure. Is it? Yeah, because uh, Audio Shield is uh, it's, is it, older. It came out before it, but yeah. I think it's the same team. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. But I want to give it up to News Inc. News anchor McNulty here <laughs> uh, to get into this news the, section. The only reason they keep me around now. <laughs> hey, yeah. I designated you the news anchor. Start, so starting when, on the lighter side of things, uh, recently some wowheads have discovered Stanley. Stanley, yes. In Stormwind. Yeah. I thought it was a cool um, bit. It, it is a little bit of a cool bit, and it's really cool. Um, is it the ghost of Stanley, or is it? It is a ghost. No. no. It's a ghost, isn't it? No. No, it's an actual, like, guard character NPC. I thought he was kind of um, transparent. Uh, in the standard armor, uh, a much skinnier guard in the standard armor, uh, just... Instead of helmet, uh, has the familiar dark brown tinted sunglasses. Uh, he's been seen popped up in different areas of Stormwind, including I think you know, it's the you know I don't really play other things. I don't play well, you know anymore. But I think it's a yeah. He's he looks like he's kind of transparent. Yeah. But either way, I think it's cool that World of Warcraft would play homage to different um, pop culture characters, and I think the Stanley thing is very much appropriate. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely appropriate. So you know, that's and it's good to see you know great tributes, and they actually have him pop up in different places, uh, wearing different outfits. So very much an homage to his Marvel cameos. Mm. You know, which is a great way to play it. I, I just think it's excellent the the way they're doing it. Just from some of the videos I've watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's. I'll, I'll, I mean, because you know, we lost him last year. Uh, you know, pretty much a- any new Marvel movie or any new Marvel, you know, anything is going to have 
you know, well, something added to it, but, you know, World Warcraft actually, wasn't necessarily um, on that. Marvel Studios and Disney um, being the way that they are and knowing that Stan had been poor of health the last couple of years, etc., actually had him record cameos for the next several movies. So those are already recorded. So we're actually going to get to see Stan a few more times. Oh, well, that was good. Yeah. I figured there would be something in each one of those, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and there were so there, many different set pieces. Like there, the, the, there are also cameos recorded for the the last six years worth of films mm-hmm. that weren't used. Right. I mean, things like uh, those movies, scenes like so. the Watchers, you know, scene. Yeah. You know, it has very little to do with the actual movie that you're, you know, you were watching. But it's, you know, of course, the Watchers. It, it's a way to introduce the Watchers. Right. Yeah. Um, and then in other news, uh, The Division 2. Yes. They've announced that it will be skipping Steam and going right to the Epic Game Store. Of course. Yeah, I kind of so called that. Unfortunately, they, I mean, they are they are jumping the bandwagon. Mm, so straight to epic. It really kind of bo- bothers me. So now uh, adding in uh, adding in the Oculus Store as another freaking you know uh, launcher. Uh, I now have to have like fucking five or six fucking launchers. Now that everybody's jumping ship from Steam, they're creating their own fucking launchers. There's Origin. There's fucking uh, there's, you know, there's Steam, there's fucking Epic, there's Oculus, and there's fucking, uh, you know, there's yep. Discord, there's fucking but, all kinds I of I mean, it's big because it's games. one of the, f- <laughs> it's really the first AAA title to officially announce that it will be on Epic Store and not on Steam that's not an Epic game. Yeah. Right. So, so know. that's big. I figure there's going to be a few more over the next year that do that. Uh so I, I I I get why they're doing it, I, and I do. But as you know, from a, a consumer standpoint, it is a massive pain in the ass mm-hmm. to have you know a bunch of different fucking launchers. So you know what happened? You know, I'm thinking way back in the fucking day, like in the fucking '90s, early internet, right? You know, you had fucking ICQ, you had fucking AOL Instant Messenger, you had all this thing, and then you ended up with, uh, you know, with one fucking, you know, program, I, f- I forget its name, uh, it started with a T, uh, oh, I forget. but it basically brought all of those Instant Messengers under one fucking mm-hmm. roof, and you could use all three of them, so, so this is, this, if I had to make a prediction, all these different freaking stores are splitting off. Somebody's going to fucking come up with some way to integrate all those stores into one space so that oh, you yeah. can access all of your games, you know, from that program. Uh, and it would just load up the the proper launcher that you need for it, but you would be able to see all of the games that you have in a library. Um, I, you know, I'm not even sure if, if somebody's, you know, already coding it or if it's already out there. I, I, and I'm not sure of it, but that's eventually what's going to end up happening. We're going to have, you know, we're going to have so many different options for different launchers for shit that we're going to have to be able to combine them in some way. 
Um, yep. You know, so I hope that happens at least. Good God, so, it's fucking already hard enough. So that's the thing. Um, also, keep in mind coming up next week, uh, NVIDIA's RTX 2060 Meh. will be available. So the 2060, uh, I mean, I I've, I, I watch basically, you know, Linus Tech Tips all the fucking time. You know, it's just the way that You I, got me into a fucking YouTube hole with him the other day. I, it's real easy to, with him because he puts out a lot of fucking content, right? You know, or his team does. He's also he, funny. Um, he's, well, he's an interesting guy and he does seem to know what he's talking about. Right. You know, he, he spends... He does most of the time and when he doesn't, he defers to someone else. Right. And I can appreciate that about him. Right. You know, so he does a lot of, you know, like the home consumer stuff, but I also watch, you know, whenever he's messing around with his uh, server room, it's it's interesting to watch that shit, too. Um, but, yeah, he was talking about the, the 2060 and you go, you know, went through the benchmarks and for RTX, probably not the best card for RTX. Like the idea behind it is that it has the RTX, you know, you know, the cores to the right tracing cores. Right, but it has if you was to flip, of RAM. yeah, if you was to flip on RTX and expect a, a a decent experience in any game running at anything more than medium settings, you're fucking you're 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 not gonna get it. Well, and, there aren't really even that many games that support ray tracing right now. Is that Battlefield, not, I think, is the one that does it. Oh, uh, the um, the new term, Tomb Raider does too. Um, so it's one of those things where I'm just like, I understand, like, you, you can't really future proof anything. And I really kind of threw that article out there just to get people talking a mm -hmm. little bit. Like I've been, I'm going to eventually buy a graphics card. Um, I, You know, I'm running Trent's old 970. Right. Um, And as prices continue to drop, I'm just looking for them to naturally drop. And I was like, oh, this is about the same price as a 1070. And it's got ray tracing, but a 1070 is more powerful for everything else, so or if, on par, and you can get it for the same price. So the so the way that I see it, uh, and eventually they're going, you know, the developers of games just need to find a way to, you know, unlock the potential of the ray tracing cores. Because if thanks, sorry, um, the uh, the the way that. The ray tracing cores could be utilized in the future, may not be just for ray tracing. Like, that's what they were built for. But that, that card has a lot more potential uh, for developers that actually look into utilizing that you know, those cores for other things. So even if you have the ray tracing features turned off, so it's not actually ray tracing, you know, real-time reflections or whatever the fuck you wanted, you know, to do ray tracing with, uh, then... Uh, eventually you'd be able to use those extra processing cores to, you know, to do other things in the game, like, you know, render, you know, additional particles or, uh, or have it pre, you know, have those cores pre-render the next room uh, and then transfer it over to the main cores when you're, you know, well, when you're actually in and it. Honestly, right now, so like running an older card and then slightly overclocking it, right? Like if you want to do that, overclocking now is not as hard as it used to be. No. And you can use something like MSI Afterburner to do it, and it's you can find if you never adjust your voltage settings, it's going to do one of two things: it it will stop rendering, but it won't die, right? You could run it 
like that for a very long time to where it continues to hitch. But honestly, all you have to do is do a mild overclock, run a benchmarks, some free benchmark software. Um, there's several of them out there that are very decent for the price of free. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say there's the one that does heaven also does like three other ones mm-hmm. that are all free, which I've used. And that's what I use to benchmark the overclock to make sure it doesn't run too hot. And basically, you're just looking for it to stay at under 75 degrees Celsius and, you know, run a load without hitching. And if you can run it at 60 FPS on those benchmarking software on, like, a high setting, you probably hit about where you want to hit, right? And as long as it doesn't start choking and dying, like, I've overclocked a card and then watched the whole program crash and blue screen on me, and I was like, oh, well, I overdid it. But I didn't change the voltage settings, and until you change the voltage settings, you're not going to kill it. Yeah. But once you start messing with voltage settings, you are reducing the life of your card. Right. Like, like immediately you are. And you really shouldn't be doing that unless you know what you're doing. But a lot of the mild overclocking software, you can crank out a couple hundred hertz and not kill it, which is what I've been doing. Yep. Um, Don't die with a rusty. You know, there's something. I'm going to throw something out there. I was talking to our mutual friend David the other night, and he's like, hey, Resident Evil 2 Remake has a demo out that is 30 minutes of pure demo that you can download for PC and for Xbox and for PS4 right now. Yep. And I intend on playing it this weekend. I do as well at some point. I just want to give it a shot and see how it runs on the rig. I'm going to give it a shot too. I just. I don't know. I, Resident Evil 6, I didn't even finish it. I'm like... But it's not a good game. It's not. It wasn't. Resident Evil 2 is a good game. Um, Right, but... I, a lot of people didn't like 5. I really liked 5. I played a lot of the, co-op with Trent, and 4 I, is really good, I too. Actually, I actually really dug 5. Um, <clears throat> But, like, the Resident Evil 1 remake, I gave it a shot, and it just didn't, I don't know, didn't do it for me. Well, I damn. We, I feel like I'm gonna give it a shot and see what I think and see if that's still my jam. And if it's still my jam, I may pick it up. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I, I would too. It's just, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of jaded on it at this point. Do you? I had to get that out. No, we all heard you. (laughs) The audience probably heard you in the background a little bit too. It, it it still picked up clearly on the mic. Oh, cool. All right. Cool. Wait, Rusty, do you have any thoughts on the remake? On the Resident Evil 2 remake? I, I remember playing Resident Evil 2 way back in the day. Like, that was um, that was a, PS1. a play, yeah, PlayStation uh, game. Uh, and I remember uh, looking at uh, footage of the uh, original game and then seeing the, uh, the a similar scene in the remake. And boy, howdy, is that a fucking night and day difference. They um, kind of just redid the game. Well, it is a remake. Uh, so uh, it's going to have... Yeah, they've rebuilt it completely. Uh, well, I mean, they had the one that came out a few years back that was just like an up, an HD up res. Right. And I think it did fairly well. And so, then It was and all right, but... This is a full-on 4K... HDR remaster, right, and and it's supposed to play like the more uh, the more modern, uh, you know, Resident Evil games instead of the uh, the the fixed camera the, shit the that tank controls, right? The, well, it's not even tank controls; it's just it's a camera above you, and so like it, if you start running backwards, everything's in reverse, right? And that and it was my biggest issue with the old Resident Evil games was the fixed camera, 
you know, running into a fucking wall until you finally, you know, turn your shoulders just enough to be able to move forward uh, kind of controls was, well, it was one of the reasons why they, those games were uh, somewhat difficult back in the day is the controls just sucked. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> this is kind of funny. I figured out that the app for Windows on or for Xbox on Windows 10 will let you voice chat with people while you're in VR. Oh, nice. Because I was playing Subnautica last night in VR, and our mutual friend David, which is where I found this out from, like he's like, hey, 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 hey. He's like, what? He's hey. like, Resident Evil 2 Remake is out. I'm playing it right now. The demo is 30 minutes. I'm going to talk to you while talk to you while I'm playing it. And there's just a whole lot of shit, 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 shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it, he seemed to be having a blast when he's like, this is cool as hell. Well, it reminds me of being a teenager. And I think it's going to be interesting how that game does because there's a whole lot of people that are not our age that have never really played it or have played just that remake. Right. But have never experienced the tank controls. And it'll be basically a different game, a new game for them. And there'll be people like us that beat that game a million years ago, like mm-hmm. almost 30 years ago. Right. Um, Holy shit. And playing it now is almost like a. Um, it's like that game seemed to us on PlayStation when we first played it. You know what I mean? Right. Like it was a groundbreaking game because it was a 3D game that at that time was way better looking than everything else. Right. Uh, it was it was a good game. I, I mean, I uh, I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Um, it was the one that uh, one of the only Resident Evil games that I did actually beat because uh, well I I beat Resident Evil the original one and uh, Resident Evil two. Uh, and then after three, it started dropping off for me. Um, it was right around that time where I kind of realized, hey, these zombie games are just, you know, they're not that great. Um, and, and yeah. you know, the Resident Evil story kind of went wick- wicked wonkers at that fucking point. So, um, you know, so it was the last one I really played to completion. But I mean, I, just look at that, and you remember where that's at. That's when you first start. Oh yeah, yeah. That's just so. It's just a modern game, but all the lighting and everything else, like that's just cool. So this is this right here for me. Looking at uh, looking at the Resident Two uh, Resident Evil Two remake. Uh, you can gives tell me it's not a, fixed camera. It gives me a uh, a hope for the future. Okay, because there is a lot of beloved games out there that could definitely use that <laughs> kind of you know that kind of treatment, right? Improved oh, camera yeah. controls too, right? So, uh, so this right here, if this succeeds, gives me a little bit more hope for the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, right? Because if they can do it with Resident Evil, they should be able to do it with Final Fantasy. You know, and that's that's my feeling behind it. You know, if um, you know, and this is a Capcom game, so uh, you know, so if Capcom can do it, Square could fucking do it for sure. You right. know, well, um, they are. You know, it's just we haven't seen much of it. No, whereas, we haven't. You know, whereas the Resident Evil Two remake, I saw maybe a, a thing saying, "Yeah, we're making it," and now here it is. You know, yeah. and how long have we been w- waiting for any information on the seven remake? Two years now. Right. You know, but at the same time, that's a pretty massive game compared to Resident Evil. Uh, it, well, Resident Evil, uh, you know, I guess depending on how fast you go, you know, you're looking at like a what a twenty yeah. thirty hour game, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Final Fantasy VII, I was an outlier and I maxed out the timer at 99 hours and 99 minutes. But, um, you know, it was me just basically mass producing materials so that I could have, you know, a full team of, you know, uh, of uh, Bahamut Zeros uh, just <laughs> spam casting that fucker. Um, but right. that's 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 me, you know. Or, you know, a full team of Bahamut Zeros and then the second, you know, second round of summons was uh, Knights of the Round where I could just set everybody to cast Knights of the Round, set the controller down and come back a half an hour later. <laughs> right. Because uh, <laughs> it was a fucking eight, uh, eight minute fucking animation right. or some shit for each summon. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that and I'm watching to see how successful that is to see what remakes could be in the future. Right. Um, and then another interesting thing, if this were rusty of a year and a half ago, he'd be jumping all over this shit. Uh, distance worlds two is getting ready to launch. Oh God. Inside Elite dangerous. So I heard about this. I heard about this when they first started planning it. And I, I seriously considered getting back into the ship and going to town on trying to get so, my, you know, getting everything so ready for it. For those of you who who don't follow any of the player news around Elite Dangerous a whole lot, uh, basically Distant Worlds, the first Distant Worlds expedition was basically a planned mission by a group of players to get out to Beagle Point, which is basically the furthest point from Center Universe. On the opposite side of the on, galaxy. On the opposite side of the galaxy. So, um, basically, they they barely made it there. I think they didn't even make it there the first time. Yeah, they, they, they got tore up pretty bad. Well, when you start flying that far out, and yeah. you, you, only br- you can only bring the supplies that you have, right? Yeah. You, you can't bring anything more than than what's on your ship and what's in your hold at that point. Basically, they didn't have a big enough team. Uh, So they needed to... That uh, was also uh, pre-fleet ships. So it's, it's, you know, Distant Worlds includes a lot of logistics. Most of the time, uh, it has to do with, uh, you know, with people who have... Cargo ships that move slower, mm-hmm. but carry you know, but carry, carry the, other the ships. stuff. Well, the with uh, with Elite Dangerous, you can actually uh, carry uh, certain uh, resources in your hold to be able to you know to craft you know uh, armor repairs and, yep. and stuff like that uh, to your ship. And uh, this is a, a going to be a massive effort you know for the Elite Dangerous players because. You've got the explorers who are basically, you know, they've got the stuff that can repair their modules and that's it. They, there's no docking outside, you know, outside of the bubble, really. Uh, and then you're going to have the cargo people carrying the, you know, the resources to be able to create emergency fuel packs. And then you're going to have probably a contingent of the fuel rats because those guys are, you know, are going to be uh, part of that where... All they do is be able to rescue certain, you know, uh, you know, certain ships that don't have the fuel to make jumps. 
Yep. You know, and there's going to be points in the uh, in the uh, route that they're going to be taking that require really long jumps, or they have to go all the way around a, a specific dead spot. So, to put this in perspective, there are there are jumps we've done that are basically somewhere around uh, two thousand light years, and that seems like it's huge. Takes forever. Uh, yeah. yeah. This is 65,000 light years from Earth, which is... So, they say that it's going to take them 18, 18 weeks. weeks. And, and this is teams of players work, working in shifts. Right. Well, they to, say it's going to be... To do you need repair, a, refueling, etc. I think it's a really cool thing, and I think this kind of speaks to what... Elite... Uh, elite being a game is what you make it right, but... Like, just the kinds of stuff or the kinds of stories you hear about. Like, if I had the time, I might actually be interested in something right. like this just because it almost feels like you're really right. exploring. Well, it's one of the coolest, with even without a headset, right, virtual experiences you can have in a game because it really feels like you are a space pilot. Yeah. It is. They um, do such a good job at that. When I uh, when I was out exploring, so to, to give you an idea... I was probably 25,000 light years, you know? Yeah. So I was maybe, what, one quarter of the distance that they're going to be yeah. traveling. Um, and it took no, you no, like a... said 2,000 light years, right? It was 86. Oh, was it 86 light years? 86,000 light years. 65,000. 65,000. So, okay, so, so I was a third of the way. Okay. Um, um, and it took Rusty a week just to get back to where he could play with you. Right. So... So I was I out for a played, month. You played. You spent a week traveling every night, didn't you? Uh, I was out for one full month. Uh, you know, out you know near the center of the galaxy, uh, and I was just you know doing my thing. I was exploring. I was looking for black holes, things like uh, things like that. Uh, and Justin was like, "Oh, I want to play with you. I want to let's you know let's get into a group." And I'm like, "Well, I am the farthest fucking point away from you, so it's going to take me a while to get back." It took me a fucking week. Of straight fucking jumping, not looking at anything, just jump to a star, fuel, jump to the star, fuel, jump to the star, fuel, just as fast as I uh, I could fly at the time, uh, and you know it's a it's a week. Wasn't you're that an at, Asp Explorer that you're using? Oh yeah, yeah it was Asp Explorers uh, was what yeah. I was using. I still have that ba- you know that baby. Oh, no, buddy, that's gonna look so good what, in VR. One of the things that they're going to be doing that adds a little bit more difficulty to this whole thing. Is they actually plan on setting up a science research station near Sagittarius A. That would be cool. Which is basically the center of the galaxy. It's the site of a supermassive black hole, mm-hmm. which makes jumping in hella, yeah, yeah hella hard. So jumping uh, jumping to Sagittarius A is not that hard, you know, if you think about it. You know, so. The density of the amount of stars in the center of the galaxy means that there's uh, there's uh, innumerable freaking routes that you can take. Uh, so the hardest part of getting everybody to the same location is to get everybody on the same page as far as the route. And you have to actually plan the star route and have everybody follow that same, you know, yep. that same route. Otherwise, I mean... 
you could go in any direction and basically spit in a direction and hit another fucking star in the you know in the uh, you know Very galaxy much. center. So um, now on this, <laughs> uh, basically players need a ship with a minimum jump range of thirty four light years or passage on a multi crew ship in order to join. And right. they're still allowing people to join, by the way. Well, and they're already eight thousand players strong. So they're uh so the multi uh the multi passenger thing uh is uh I, I guess that makes it a little bit easier for people to actually join in on you know on things, but um uh but the uh the thirty four light year range is you know easily attainable attainable if you use the right ship uh with the right jump. It's just once you get that far out, if you get too close to a fucking star, you're boned. Pretty much. So they're already expecting people to actually, like, you know, die on the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They're, they're expecting they're, casualties. There will be casualties. <laughs> uh, it's just that's a long ass distance. And yeah. they're going to Beagle Point because then the, 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 star system that they're going to was named Beagle Point after the first explorer that got there. You know, he was flying uh, a ship called the DSS Beagle. And, you know, he he made it all the way out to the outer edge of the opposite side of the freaking galaxy. I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, What's really cool about that... It shows what that community is like. The fact that that many players... Mm -hmm. That many explorers are willing to take that on, <laughs> right? You know, uh, at the same time. What's really how, cool? How many total people is there? That it's over eight thousand right now. Damn. Yeah. So what's really cool about that is, uh, you know, um, Frontier will have a uh, will have a map, uh, basically like a heat map, because they could tell where the players are, right? So they'll be able to, you know, to kind of follow along through, you know, the the heat map of all of these players going through this, uh, going on this expedition. Uh, and the last time they did this, I saw uh, an animation of somebody, you know, you know, overlaying the the jump locations uh, for, you know, for this the previous expedition. And you could kind of follow along the galaxy map how they got there and got back where they turned around and what yeah. paths they took. And, you know, if ships decided to go their own fucking way, you could see the, the, the jump locations. The branches. Going, yeah, you could see them all going off into different directions. I, I, and that, to me, is really fucking cool to see. You know, just just seeing that is, is fun. Being part of that would be fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we get... To the big news piece. Biggie, biggie, biggie. Which one? So, to add on to, let, let's say, though I don't think they're really wowing about this, to add to Activision's uh, uh, rumored woes uh, with Blizzard, <laughs> uh, they, they and Bungie also announced this week that Bungie will no longer be a part of the Activision family. Huh. And Activision will be transferring publishing rights for the Destiny series to Bungie. Good. I mean, I good. Think the more things you get away from Activision, the better. I. That's I mean, a personal opinion, but good. Uh, so this so, actually increases the rumor mill 
This actually backs up the rumor mill a little bit that Activision might be in some trouble. Well, Activision's kind of been in trouble. So you, you can tell Activision was having problems when they started telling Blizzard that they needed to cut costs. You know, and in in Blizzard because they're basically tied at the hip at the moment. Um, you know, they're having to do things that you know historically they haven't really done. Is, you know, cut support for games that people are still playing. You know, things you know things like that. Sure, here's the storm was not very super popular. Like it's not Dota, but still there was people there was uh, esports players still training for. Uh, you know, for these tournaments that they canceled, you know, that's time fucking gone, basically wasted time. Um, and that's, that's their job. That's, that's what they get paid for. So they basically, you know, all these, these pro players that were, you know, going, you know, and training for that, you know, no longer have a job or, you know, they have to go on to other games. Right. So that was, that was a kind of a big thing back then. Seeing that the you know that Bungie is splitting from uh, from Activision kind of you know compounds that and like okay well you know that is that's well, that's a big thing sure uh, Destiny two wasn't doing super great but yeah. it's well obviously investors feel the same way that I do that this is just adding more no. fact to the rumor mill because their stock dropped nearly seven percent immediately after. The announcement. Right. Well, so as a gamer <clears throat> and having put a lot of time into the original Destiny, uh, which early on didn't have any microtransactions. Sure, the game was kind of shallow and it didn't have the story built into it. You know, you've heard all this shit before. Uh, it was the introduction, uh, introduction of, the, uh, of the microtransactions in the game that yeah. really started to nail the coffin, you know? Um, now... That said, it will be interesting to see if some of the technical issues that we've seen happen in both Destiny games continue under upon release of new features I'd... under a Bungie-only banner, and if that was, in fact, Activision rushing things, or if it's just Bungie. It's possible. It's a combination. So, uh, it's it's all. I mean, speculation you're not always the... going to find all errors inside the testing lab. I get that, right. right? But I mean, let's face it. Some of these things were fairly freaking broken. So, so the the big issues with Destiny Two, uh, you know, one was you know microtransactions. The other one was you know basically the the idea behind the XP scaling and you know tying that into the microtransactions and a bunch of you know a, a bunch of shit that had to do with the, all the extra money that they was trying to you know generate from the you know from the player base what a lot of the players didn't like was that you know it would be interesting to see what's going to happen with with Destiny 2 and eventually the and next the Destiny. the rest of the roadmap. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, going forward, whether or not they nix the whole microtransaction now, idea. Now, all of this brings up a couple different questions. One is partially answered for now. Will it continue on Battle.net? For now, it will. Battle.net will continue to support it. Okay. But the other question is... 
we've what happens with vicarious and high moon who's done quite a bit of work on the on the raid side of raid and strike side of destiny 2 mm. uh that would be an interesting uh interesting yeah. see just to see Which what happens there we don't actually have answers to those yet because this split is literally just 24 to 36 hours ago right that was announced so, so there will be some questions that'll be answered i'm sure over the next few weeks just give it a little bit of time it'll be on the epic store just like everything else pretty much fuck <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that's what I'm thinking. I uh, I'm I'm sure I'm, that's probably where where they're going to end up going as soon as it gets dropped from uh from you know de- you know uh BattleNet. Yeah. Uh the uh the development for de- uh Destiny 2. There's people who are playing Destiny 2 right now that are really excited by this change because it gives them hope that there's a possibility of fixing some of the, you know, the financially driven problems, you know, you know, from destiny Two, Yeah. Uh, and I, hope for the future. One of the best, I think though, the, out of all of this, of course there were millions of Twitter reactions, right? Right. One of the best ones actually came from, uh, the marketing director at Bungie, Eric Osborne. He literally posted, Here's to a new year, another turn, a new beginning. Here's to last year's dark clouds parting to make way for rain and light and life. Here's to you, to us, and all of the adventures that await 2019. So he basically... It's like, yeah, we had a bad year. Yeah, we had a bad year. (laughs) Let's let's work on it. Activision's gone. See ya. Bye-bye. I... I I did not pick up Destiny Two because I did not want to buy into, uh, I did not want to buy into the Destiny experience well, that was all, under that. All three of us all watched gameplay after the game's release, right? And all three of us said, nah. "This is more of the same," yeah, <laughs> and it's not what I wanted, right? Um, now there were plenty of players that were more than happy to have more of the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, their sales say that. On its own. Right. But I will say player base has dropped off more dramatically faster with Destiny 2 and with Forsaken than with the first Destiny. There was a research. Um, So the first Destiny was basically the the proof of concept. Yes, they can get really good gunplay in a first-person perspective on a controller, you know, and have... I know, and, and the original Destiny had some fairly solid mechanics in their raids. I, I enjoyed the fucking raids a lot. Hell yeah! Um, it's, but but the only problem was that's where that's all there was, right? So and after we played the raids a few times, it was like it's the same thing over <sighs> and over again. Well, Here, for me, here's the grind. For me, the grind was not a problem. Here I am playing fucking Warframe, which is essentially the same fucking thing over and over and over and over and over and over, and over, and over again. But um, it's you know, you know the um, what people were wanting from Destiny Two didn't actually happen, and that's why it fell off. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully they'll be able to add meaningful fucking content and put some fucking back into it, so that they can uh, you know that they can either repair their uh, their bleeding you know player base. 
or move on to Destiny 3 and do the things that they wanted to do with Destiny 2 but didn't have the uh, uh, the financial, like, okay to do. You yeah. know, if, they, if they're smart about it, they fix what they can in Destiny 2, adds, you know, add the content that they wanted to add originally to Destiny 2, fix that, and then put everything they they can into Destiny 3 Moving and make forward. and make that game fucking awesome. Yep. Agreed. Um so that's it for big news pieces. Uh confirmed game releases mm-hmm. for 2019 so far. Uh we got Resident Evil 2 remake on the 25th. So that'll be coming out soon. Kingdom Hearts 3 is also slated for release on PS4 and Xbox One on 29th. Uh, we got Crackdown 3 coming on February 15th for uh, Xbox One and PC. We hope and if it's free on Game Pass. Oh, oh, and and we hope it actually happens this time. Free. <laughs> right? Uh, Far Cry New Dawn comes out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on the 15th as well. Uh, let's see, scrolling down here because there's a long list Anthem. of useless re- re-releases. Anthem. Devil May Cry 5 comes out March 8th for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Anthem. Division 2 comes out March 15th. Anthem is in February. Anthem. You missed. Oh, I did miss Anthem February Anthem is... 22nd. So, Anthem is in February. I... I, I watched the latest Gamescom video. Mm-hmm. So there is a 30-minute alpha gameplay, full-on gameplay uh, of the one of the first missions in the game. Uh, it's yep. up on YouTube. Uh, I suggest you take a look at it. Uh, it's Because it's alpha, I'm just kind of taking things with a grain of salt, but it looks pretty solid. Uh, yeah. And... I'm I'm not going to jump on the fucking hype train. I swear I'm not going to jump on the fucking hype train. I'm not pre-ordering this fucking game. No matter how much they want me to, because good God do they fucking want you to. Um, my goal for this year, I'm going to give two exemptions. My goal for this year is to not pre-order a damn thing. The only things that I will make exceptions for and will probably buy day one is Phoenix Point and Wasteland 3. Wasteland 3 may come out this year, but probably won't. Okay. Phoenix Point will be coming out in June, and I will be picking that up. I will be picking up. I will be picking up Anthem. I will be playing Anthem because it basically meshes the two things, you know, two games that I enjoy the most, Warframe and fucking Destiny, into one. You know, right? And I kind of like the idea behind it, so. I will be picking it up on, you know, you know, not if not day one, it'll be really fucking close uh, because I'm interested to see what that game's like. Yeah. Um, also, so far has hard release dates, though I'd expect them possibly to move in the next month or so. Uh, Moral Combat 11 is currently slated for April 23rd. Hmm. Days Gone for PS4, slated for April 26th, mm. and Rage 2 is currently slated for May 14th. God, they better be doing something good with Rage 2. Holy we will fuck. see. Um, also confirmed for this year, but no release dates so far, uh, Final Fantasy 7, I believe that's the original one coming for the <laughs> Switch and Xbox One. 
along with Final Fantasy IX, Final Fantasy X, and Final Fantasy X2 HD Remake for, for Switch and Xbox One. Were they not on Xbox One? Mm, huh. No. Oh, well, I, I, I picked it up for PC. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense that it would be on PlayStation first. So, yeah, okay, I can understand that. Yeah. Uh, Gears 5 is also confirmed for this year. Um, let's see here. And that's pretty much it so far as far as a hard confirmation. God, I, w- I, hope, I wonder when Doom Eternal's coming because I don't want my hands on that game. Right. I don't want my hands on that game so hard. <laughs> I know, right? Though wisely, no hard date for that yet. So, right, right, right. You know, we'll wait and see what happens with that. I need more doom in my life. <laughs> uh, also, also rumor, but not confirmed for this year, is Wolfenstein Youngblood. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But hopefully that's good, too. More, more Wolfenstein in our lives. Yeah, hopefully that's good. Kill Nazis. Nazis. Blame Nazis. So, with that, unless you guys got anything else. Nope. No, I don't. All right. Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channels at YouTube.com slash TiltCast. And search for us on iTunes. Find friends of the show, KBG. Cabbage. Cabbage on YouTube. Find the CarouselPadcast.com, even though he is not no longer making that show. Hmm. Um, you can find For the Love of Gaming. Um, you can find NoQuarters.net. You can find BMFCast.com and TVGP.tv. They have a Game of the Year episode, and we do not. With that, it is the end of the show. Already. Peace. Peace.